Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. It is Monday, October 21st, 2019, and I am your host here on Church Boy Confessions, Emmanuel Heke. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. It's going to be a very, very good show, ladies and gentlemen. I think that this show is automatically going to set a lot of people free from a lot of guilt that they've been dealing with um, because this episode is going to be about guilt. I did not plan on talking about guilt today, but it just came to me. So glory be to God. There's a big old fly in here right now. Like, you know, like those big flies that you can hear their body hit the wall. Yeah. So hopefully it doesn't do too much. But um, we're going to talk about guilt. But before we get to that, I have to say that, you know, Monday and Tuesday, um, you know, Unassociated Project team, we're going to be out in UCLA on Brew and Walk. I'm going to be handing out free stickers. I'm going to just be, I got a megaphone right here, actually. I got a megaphone and we're going to be yelling at a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of positive stuff um, just to get them through the day. It's about to be midterms. I know a lot of people can be really stressed out. Um, so, hey, you know, I've talked about stress multiple times um, since we started this podcast. So go, you know, if you got to listen to other up, um, to other episodes, whatever you got to do, you know, do it. You know what I'm saying? Make sure your head is in the right place going into midterms. Um, and for people who are on quarter system, you know, you can still be going through a whole bunch of stuff, school or not school. So make sure you um, get your head in the right place. So, yeah, we're doing this whole Be Proud of Yourself campaign. We're going to be out in Bruin Walk. Um, you know, I think it's really important um, to be proud of yourself and the accomplishments that you've had and to be able to stop and reflect, do the positive reflecting, the positive looking back. Um, when you can actually recall the things that God has brought you through and when you can, you know, remember the things that you've accomplished with God, I'm going to be proud of yourself for that. Um, I was first inspired um, to to start the entire um, Be Proud of Yourself movement when um, after an associate turned one years old, you know, like I was, you know, planning the event because uh, we had like this uh, cocktail party event, um, you know, planning to drop the shirts and all that different stuff. But, you know, I, I definitely was negligent when it came to planning a time where you manually had can just sit down and just be like, wow, thank you. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, God. And I'm be proud of myself. So, yeah, you know, like, we're making a whole campaign about it. So catch us there. If you go to UCLA, catch us this morning. Shoot. Right after you finish watching this. And if you're watching this like on Wednesday or Thursday, that already passed. So just sit tight. So yeah, I want to talk about guilt today. Um, I'm feeling way better than I was last week. I mean, you'll probably like go back and listen to the episode from last week. And like, I was listening to it and it's like, man, my voice was so like monotone and like, just, you could just tell that I was really stressed out. But let me tell you something about God. Like, you know, when I gave it all up to him that Sunday evening and when I, um, you know, when I, uh, you know, entered into the week, I was really prayed up, you know what I'm saying? I prayed with one of my brothers, Stacy's. Thank you so much. That prayer, like, I, I already knew it was going to be a wonderful week after me and Stacy prayed. And honestly, like, I can't even say that there was a ta-da moment where everything just changed. It was just more of, like, it just stopped, you know what I'm saying? My circumstances, you know, were kind of, like, the same. They got some better, but, like, ultimately, like, my attitude, my mindset just was recalibrated. So, Glory be to God for that. Um, but yeah, let's get to the topic. Like I said, guilt was not necessarily what I wanted to talk about today. Um, but 
as I was just going through my Bible, I asked God, you know, whatever you want me to talk about, let me talk about it. And, you know, I came across some verse, and I don't even remember what verse it was. It's not even the verse I'm talking about, and it just made me think of guilt. So here we are. Um, I think that when we talk about guilt, the real danger in sinning, and, then, and I think one of the reasons why God wants us not to sin besides just, you know, it being, you know, be us being disobedient to him a real danger in sin doing evil is when you get to the point where it's like i did this thing and i feel really bad about doing this thing and now your guilt starts to change the perception of yourself and i think that ultimately there's a difference you know uh one of my spiritual leaders taught me growing up there's a difference between guilt and conviction Conviction, you know, us Christians, we have a different definition of conviction. Conviction is kind of like that, um, like at least different from like Webster and like, you know, if you Google it. But conviction to us is like that, that conscience where it's like, you know, hey, or like really coming from the Holy Spirit. Like, hey, that was wrong. Hey, you shouldn't have done that. Hey, you should be remorseful for that. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Like you should, you should, you, you shouldn't have done that. Whereas guilt, guilt takes that conviction a step further. And guilt is when you start to, like I said, you start to change the perception of yourself. You start to feel so bad that ultimately you start to feel unworthy of things. And you start to feel like, you know, you're just a terrible, suckish person that should just be wiped off the planet of the earth. Um, And there's a difference. Like I said, there's a difference between those two, because ultimately what I need people to understand is that a lot of times us, you know, that may have a relationship with God. We do something and we feel really, really guilty about it, not just convicted, but guilty about it. Right. And we start to think that, man, we're so bad. We're so unworthy. And what that does is that it puts us in a box and it starts to separate us from God. Right. And we start to feel so unworthy that we can't actually have a relationship with God. We don't feel like we're worthy enough to have a relationship with God. But riddle me this. We all think that this guilt comes from God, right? From disobeying God, disobeying God, so it comes from God. But why would God, or why would anything that hinders your relationship with God come from God? Think about that. If guilt makes you think you're so unworthy, and being unworthy, make, thinking that you're so unworthy makes you think that you can't have a relationship with God. Why in the world would God allow guilt? Why why would it be God administering that guilt when he ultimately wants a relationship with you? So the guilt has to be coming from someone else. So I thought it would be really smart for us to read um, the story of the prodigal son. Probably one of the most famous stories that Jesus ever told, story of a prodigal son. You probably read it a billion times if you're a churchgoer. Um, if not, then it's, I mean, it could be your first time. It doesn't really matter. I'm going to read it all, all the way through anyways. This is about, about 13 verses, so bear with me because sometimes I can't read. All right, starting at Luke chapter 15, verse 11 to 24. And he said, Jesus said, a man had two sons. A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his brother, "Father, said to his father, "Father, give me the part portion of goods that falleth to me." And he divided unto them his living. 
And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all and when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine pigs. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and no more worthy to be called thy son, and make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And his son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy, key word, to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, Put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. May God bless the hearing and reading and understanding of his word. In Jesus' name, amen. So, quick paraphrasing of the entire passage, because that was a lot. I stumbled up, you know, reading. Um, you know, <laughs> sorry about that. But um, so you have, you know, a, a father and his two sons living on this land. And one and the younger son says, God, uh, father, give me all of my inheritance right now rather than wait until you're dead. I know a lot of people talk about in it was tradition back then that you get your inheritance after your father's dead. But he said, forget all that. Give me my inheritance now. And he left, you know, this father's land and went out to a distant country and he squandered all the money on irresponsible living to the point where he got to there was a famine and he got to a point where um he was now feeding pigs, you know, to stay alive. Um, and he was, you know, either he was eating or thinking about eating the same food that he was feeding the pigs. Um, and when he came to himself, he said, you know what, like I'm in this pigsty, I need to get out of here and I need to go to my father's house because even the servants in my father's house has have bread to eat. I'm out here hungry, you know, with the pigs. So he goes to his father's house and he's thinking, you know, God, you know, father, just make me a servant in your house because I'm not I'm unworthy to be anything else. And the father embraces him. Even fat, even like the father sees him far off coming back and goes and embraces him. And he, you know, puts a ring on his finger, a coat on top of him and kills a fattest calf. And everybody's married and everybody has a party. So whew, why did I read all of that? Why did I explain all of that? Because I think that a lot of us have been the prodigal sons in our lives. A lot of us, even us, you know. People who we say we're very strong in our faith and, you know what I'm saying, us churchgoers, all that different stuff. A lot of us have felt like the prodigal son sometime in our walk, even before our walk. Um, and let me just tell you that if guilt won the battle, as in, you know, the son goes out to distant land, he squanders his money and he realizes he disrespected his father. Oh, my gosh. Like, I'm so bad. I'm so terrible. If guilt completely won, because he still had guilt because he thought he was unworthy later. But if guilt completely won the battle. The son would have died in the pig pen rather than be re-embraced by his father. 
I want you to understand that, you know, like I've said, that guilt is not from God. This entire, you know, this entire parable is an analogy for the relationship we have with God. We are the son and God is the father. You know, meanwhile, like we're thinking about how terrible the things we did. And it definitely could have been terrible. When we come back to God, he's the one looking for us in far distance. When is my son? When is my daughter going to come back? And he goes and runs after us when he realizes that we're on our way back to him. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we serve. Look at, you know, look at in verse uh, 20. The father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Before he could even come all the way back. I feel like that section just goes to prove that, you know, God wants us in his hands. Like, he wants to have a relationship with us. Like, it's not like he wants you to, you know, not be with him. So he that's why we have this grace. You know, the Bible says while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Like, he wants to have a relationship with us. He wants us to be in his hands. He doesn't want anything to keep us away. And that's why we hate sin so much, not only because it's disobedience to him, but ultimately what sin is, is anything that separates us from God. You know, sin isn't just. When somebody hurts another person or when this is evil or when that's evil. No, it's actually when you do anything that God does not approve of. Anything that separates you from God. Because when we're separated from him, look what happened. You know, he went off to a distant land and he thought he had all he needed, right? He had all the money and everything. But what what was the money to the famine that came? What what is all this stuff that you think you know you when sometimes when people think that they can be independent they can do all that what is that going to do when life really hits? We can't be independent people. No, we can't. And you may be thinking like, oh well, you know what? What about all these famous people who know nothing about God? Some people are atheists. Okay, I mean, being famous and being rich doesn't necessarily mean that you got your whole life together. That's why. I don't even want to go there, but I mean, you see people who have all that hurting themselves. We're not meant to be independent. We're not meant to be alone. We're created to be dependent on God. But what sin does is it separates us from God, and God does not want that. So you have to understand in those times where you're not convicted, but you're guilt, you're having guilt. Like I said, there's a difference. You should be remorseful when you do something bad. I'm not arguing against that. But when that guilt comes, it has to be taken away. It needs to get, you know, you got to get rid of it. You have to. Um, You know, let's talk about what Jesus did. You know what I'm saying? Let's talk about what salvation is. When Jesus died and he rose again, he washed our sins away. Meaning that he took our place. We had all the sin, you know, he all the sin of everybody in the entire universe. Each and every last one of us had sin, Right? And we're supposed to pay for that sin. But God, but Jesus came and he took that and he paid for it for us. So that means that we can come to God when we when we fall, when we mess up, you know, when we're sincere and we come back to God and we say, God, please forgive me, he will forgive us. And then because we're serious when we come to him, he can help us to repent from that sin. Real quick. I just thought of a verse. I need to read it right now. It's in Ephesians. 
in Ephesians. Where is this thing? Okay, I got it. Ephesians chapter 1, um, let's start at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Holy and without blame before him in love. That's Jesus' work. That's Jesus' work. So God can see us as holy and blameless. I mean, countless episodes and countless episodes I've talked about how we need to see ourselves as God sees us. That statement reaches further than just us talking about self-confidence and self-esteem. Seeing us the way God sees us also implies that we see ourselves as holy and blameless so we can have access to God. So we don't have to feel like we're unworthy to come to God. Understand that. I'm not saying that, you know, this doesn't mean that, oh, I'm holy and blameless so I can just do whatever with my life and da 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 Like, okay, you think. You know what I'm saying? But God is not stupid. He knows when you're sincere. And in order to live this life and be in this relationship, you have to be sincere. What would you be? What would you think if you're in a relationship with someone, right? Uh, You know, a a sexual relationship with someone and they continue and continue to cheat. Maybe they cheated the first. Let's not even talk about cheating. Maybe they stole money out your wallet the first time. And it's like they came at you and like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just really needed it because this is that. This is that. And, you you know, have grace on them. Like, OK, I forgive you. But then they do it every Tuesday. You know that they're not sincere. This is not a relationship. It's not going to be a relationship for long. You know how to be in a relationship. You know what it takes. You have friends. Maybe you have a girlfriend. Maybe you have a boyfriend. You have parents. You have people in your life that you love. You know what it takes in order to cultivate a relationship. It's not much different from a relationship with God. So please understand that I'm not saying that you can go out and just do whatever, you know, your flesh wants to do. Nah, it's deeper than that. But what I am trying to tell you is that those times when that guilt is trying to pull you away from God, you have to understand that God, that's not God's will. God's will for you to come back. Please understand the difference between guilt and conviction. Because there's so many people who today won't even walk into a church again because of something they did five years ago. There's some people today who will never go to another church event because of something they've done in the past or something they did on Saturday night. Yes, be remorseful for it. Yes, feel that conviction. Yes, you know, because you're supposed to feel something. You know what I'm saying? So you know, because that triggers you to, I got to get right back with God. But don't let that guilt eat you. Don't let it eat you. You got to be free. This is this is really about being free. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that, that, that guilt, breaking free from that guilt allows us to have that access to God. You know, we have to be free in order to do that. So what are some practical things you can do to be free? One, confess to God. Pray to him. Be sincere about it. God, forgive me my sin and trespasses. Have mercy upon me. You know what I'm saying? And he will forgive you. You know, or maybe you did somebody wrong. Confess and say, this is what I did wrong. Own up to it. A real man and a real woman can own up to the things that they did wrong. 
period. I don't, I, that's all I believe. I don't believe anything otherwise. If you're a real man, if you're a real woman and you do somebody wrong, you can apologize for it and you can own up to what you did, period. Simple. And this is very important. Forgive those who have offended you. Period. <laughs> Forgive those who offended you. I know that's really hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, we love to get forgiveness, but it's hard to give out forgiveness. And that doesn't mean that you have to continue to be around toxic people your entire life and you don't have a choice. You, no, that's not what I'm saying. But there's a difference between, you know, forgiving someone and, you know, just not being around them as much. You get what I'm saying? So it's like you can forgive somebody. You can really forgive people without even telling them you forgive them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, that's going to keep you in bondage, too. And the Bible says you have to forgive other people if you want if you want God to forgive you also. So there's that, too. Whew. That was a lot. Guilt. Don't let it kill you. Don't let it destroy your relationship with God. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Um, feel that conviction. But don't let that guilt hinder your relationship with God. It's not from God. It's from the enemy. The devil himself. So, with that being said, do what you got to do this week. You know what I'm saying? I I think that since God put that in my head and that definitely wasn't where I was supposed to, where I thought I was going to be going tonight, um, that that was definitely for someone. I mean, if that was for you, don't beat around the bush. Don't continue to ask God, oh, was that for me? Was that me a sign? This is your sign, bro. This is your sign, ma'am. Let's make it happen. Get rid of that guilt. Confess whatever you need to confess. Be free. Be free from it. It's about freedom. With that being said, let's go into our um, time of confession. Father God, right now, Lord, I pray over the listener. I pray over the watcher, Father God, um, that you free them, Lord Jesus. They are free from guilt. They've done something in the past. Maybe it was last night. Maybe it was before they even started watching this or listening to this. God, but that is not going to keep them from relationship with you, God. The devil is a liar. They shall be restored. God, would they come before you and they can be sincere, Lord Jesus? And you can and they can ask for forgiveness and you can help them to even repent from the sin that they've been doing for so long. You have the power to do so. Help them, Father God, to have the determination to do so themselves also, God. That person listening, that person that's watching is now free. And free indeed. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Go out and be free. Go out and forgive whoever you need to forgive. Go out and ask God for forgiveness for the things that you need forgiveness for. And be free. Have that relationship with him. It's, it's accessible to you. And don't let anything or anyone or even yourself make you think otherwise. That being said, love y'all. Have an amazing week. Have an amazing day. And I'll see y'all next week.